story brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals who have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another edition of Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Sean McKenzie. It's another great week. Thank you so much, whether you're tuning in on the radio or if you're tuning in on podcasts, my guest this week is Jenny Toe, and she's joining us via the great interwebs from Singapore. Jenny is passionate about helping introverted Christian women find the right balance between the marketplace and the home front. And she is also a strong proponent of mental fitness for her clients. Jenny, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for giving us your time. Thank you, Sean, for having me. And I love the conversation that we had before you hit the recording button. It's always fun to meet with people this way. Exactly. And so we're going to try to have as much fun as we do the show as well. So the first question I kind of gave you a little hit I was going to ask is, our faith journey is always unique and it's always special to us. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a passionate follower of Christ? Okay, sure, Sean. I accepted Christ when I was 13. It was in a youth ministry. I followed my parents to church uh, simply because my grandma said that, you know, we all have to go to church. So my grandma was the one who, who led my parents and myself to church. And it was this older teenager who shared her faith story with me and uh, led me to Christ. So I first accepted Christ at the age of 13. But Sean, I think I grew as a mm. Christian when I was about 17, 18. So that's when I went to college and actually moved out of home and, and lived on my own at the age of 17. I think when you're alone and you realize that, oh, okay, you can't really call your parents all the time, right? You have to think yeah. how to take care of yourself. Yeah. And I also went abroad to um, study law. So, so my first career is in law. So it's between the ages of 17 and maybe about 21, 22 that I think my, my faith walk really deepened with God because that's when you're all alone. I was in the UK, so I was in a new country to me. Everything seems a bit foreign and you didn't have anyone to turn to. You have friends, but you know, you have all these insecurities and all that. That's when I asked, okay, God, you let me here, right? So, you know, please, please be with me. And then, you know, along the way, there are periods in, in my life when, yes, I've, I've always held on to the faith, but I think there are periods when you are busy or when things are going well. Mm -hmm. that you tend to put God on the shelf because things are going well. Okay, I know you're there, you know, things are going well. It's, it's only when you're, you're hit with a personal crisis or something, you can't see your way out. That's when you you're, you turn to God. So like with everyone, I'm sure there's always ups and downs in, in my faith journey. Yeah. I believe that myself. I know that is true for my story. The reason we call it Refuge Freedom Stories, we work with a lot of people who have had those ups and downs. The life of a Christian is not always that Ned Flanders from The Simpsons character that everything's hunky-dory and everything's great all the time. Sometimes we do hit those potholes, and that's what I like to talk about. Sometimes when you hit those potholes, it's really those times where we really dig into our faith and really have to rely that our creator is there for us. Yes, that's true. I wouldn't call this piece of story that I'm telling you as a pothole, but it was a difficult decision because I transitioned from law to become a life coach because I believe it's my personal calling. God called me probably in 2015 when I was working in an organization. I told God, okay, fine, it's interesting, but no, I've got a full-time job and I've got three kids Back then, yes, I've got three kids then. I'm trying to count with I've got three kids then. And life is full. And why would I want to rock the boat? So I pushed yes. that calling aside. And it was only in December 2018 that the, the 
calling God louder up to the point that I got very uncomfortable. Every time coaching came up, Holy Spirit was telling me, Jenny, why aren't you exploring this? It got so uncomfortable that I couldn't quite shake it. So I, I talked to my husband, we prayed about it. And in 2019, I embarked on a uh, full one-year coach training program. Then I planned that, okay, God, since you're leading me through this, I, I want to start my business. So I planned to start my business in April 2020 without knowing what would hit the entire world in March 2020. So when that hit and I was telling God, okay, do I still go ahead with it? Then I reflected. I waited from 2015 to 2019 to get started and uh, mm -hmm. he's been patient with me. So I took that leap of faith and, and started my business in April 2020. And then thankfully, it's all been online. It's still largely uh, online. And the great thing is I can coach people from all around the world. That journey is not easy as mm. uh, what we were sharing earlier because I'm an introvert and I'm asking God, you want me to reach out to people, but it's a struggle. I, I feel very uncomfortable putting myself out there. And I'm thinking if I just sit in my room all the time, who's going to know about me? So it's, it's that struggle of wanting to do what God has called me to do at the same time my own fears my own insecurities so I, I know it's not like a major pothole but it's a struggle mm. and it's a daily struggle that uh, I am still growing uh, which, which is why we're doing the, the podcast shows right I don't have my own show yet but I'm enjoying appearing as a guest it's a bit like outside my comfort zone to see what's next it's always nice when we try to ignore that voice <laughs> Because we know the Holy Spirit's calling us and we're saying, uh, no, no. And he keeps on calling. So it's beautiful. You answered the call. I like how you talked about being the introvert. Most people don't realize there's more of us introverts than there are extroverts. We see the extroverts everywhere. But to be an introvert and start a business in the middle of a pandemic, that must have been frightening. It's a lot of self-development and self-awareness as well. So I'm very grateful for my coaching journey not only did it train me as a coach, it trained me to look inwardly. And, and introverts, naturally, we look inwardly. So, so introverts, uh, a lot of people say that we're shy. So yes, you know, when I was a child, I was really shy. But shyness, you can learn to outgrow and overcome. Mm -hmm. Introversion is where you draw your energy from, Sean. So you know that for you, after this show, you probably have to go and do something all by yourself. You know, So you need to refresh and recharge from within. Whereas extroverts will will get their energy from being with people. How I got myself to really put myself out there and, and do the things I need to do to get my business known is mm -hmm. to ask myself, who would be losing out? Who would not be able to hear this message if I'm so caught up with myself? What would that person lose? Is there one less person that I can't help because I'm so preoccupied with my own thoughts and my own limiting beliefs? So it's more like focusing outwards that got me passionate about, okay, I'm doing this for you, whoever you are, you know, out there who needs to hear what I need to say. And, and that's how it is. So there are times when I still look inwards, I'm like, oh, okay, should I put out this post on social media? Is it sending the right message? Because introverts also tend to have some sort of a perfectionist trait. We like things to be really nice and perfect before it goes out as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to my wife calling you and getting you on her show <laughs> because both of you are introverts and I'm hearing a little perfectionism in you and I love my wife dearly and I know there's a lot of perfectionism in her as she tries to do this, but 
I'm going to move on to something that's really important. And that is that we hear it all the time, but not a lot of people understand having that work-life balance, having that ability to actually be able to be in the workplace and also be that person at home. That is huge for a lot of people. And Sadly, I know myself, I missed the mark early in my faith walk. I spent too much time in my ministry and not enough time on the home front. Let's talk a little bit about that. How do you tackle that with your clients? I think it's a very common issue, Sean, because for the pandemic, everyone's working from home and they realize they're working longer hours. And although they're physically home, they are less present with their family. When I coach my clients on this, I ask them to reflect on their the whole day, like a typical day, how that goes and how many times did they feel stressed or they felt that they were quite short with their children, their spouse, and what happened there. So it's to evaluate their day. And a lot of times it's because we don't take care of ourselves. We are running on really, we're burning both sides of the candle. We are running from an empty cup. And that's why when your child interrupts you, when you're about to go into a meeting, that's it. You know, you, you, you shout or you snap at your kid and your kid's like, okay, my whole world has collapsed because daddy doesn't like me anymore. So I, I ask them to evaluate, you know, have you really seriously taken care of yourself? And then when, when you are with your loved ones, do you really set aside that full five minutes? I'm not asking for a lot of time. The full five minutes to be present and intentional, to really understand what they're trying to say to you. And I think it makes a difference, just this short moments of being present and intentional and telling them that, you know, I hear you, I see you. I just cannot spend time with you now, but let me get back to you at a later time if your child is old enough to understand. So there is no one size fits all answer. I think the main thing is, are you taking care of yourself? And then when you are with your family, are you really being intentional? Are you conveying your heart's love to them? Or are you just saying you're an interruption? Yes, they are interrupting you, but what is that underlying message that you want them to walk away with? Exactly. And God has never called us to be so busy. He's called us to do a work and do a work to the best of our ability. But he didn't say, I want you working all the time because in our current cycles, the pandemic has done one nice thing has helped us realize work is not everything. We've been in such a productivity mindset for so long. It's been drilled in us for high school, university onwards, that you have to be productive, but there's being productive, then there's also being human. And I like what you just said, being present with people, because sometimes just being there in that moment is so important for people. Yeah, I agree. I work with a lot of women. So a lot of times the expectation of being a high performer, high achiever, super mom, super wife, it's not put on you by anyone outside. This morning, as I was reflecting a conversation that I have with my teenage son, so that's my own challenge, you know, having a teenager in the house, I was thinking to myself, could I have been a better mom to him? And I stopped myself. I'm like, why am I now judging and putting additional expectations on, on myself as a mom? So a lot of times, we get this added burden, added stress because we judge ourselves. Whereas everyone outside isn't expecting that much from you. So it's very true that you are your own worst enemy and your own best friend. So let's try and get ourselves to be our own best friend more often than being our own best enemy. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. Jenny Toe is our guest, Refuge Freedom Stories. Jenny, one of the things that I've noticed for myself, because I have that perfectionism tendency, is sometimes when I do something, I'm aiming for the stars right away instead of realizing getting someplace sometimes takes a little bit of time and actually practicing things 
on a daily basis? Is, is that part of your coaching with people to help them realize you can still shoot for that higher level, but you got to do the building blocks first? Yes, I mean, it's also to, to take quite an objective outlook on things. So if you're producing a piece of work, think about your audience. Does your audience, that one person, need it to be the way you want it? Is it more to please yourself or is it more to please that person? So, so have it from that perspective. So I've recently coached a lady who needed to do a presentation. She said it's not perfect. Then I'm asking her, your audience, what do they need? Then she said, oh, actually, they just need to know these five points. So I said, does your presentation contain these five points? Yes, and more. So it's it's coming down and aligning the expectations and asking yourself, is it more for me or is it more for the other person? And yes, we all strive for excellence because we serve a holy God, right? So mm. again, think about it. If I'm pleasing the audience of one and the audience of one is the Heavenly Father, is he pleased with me? Yeah, and, and I think that's a very good gauge, yeah. I like how it's stated, being a strong proponent of mental fitness for your clients. Mental health, mental struggles have been, especially in this pandemic of the last couple of years, we've had a lot of people struggle with their own mental health. Mental fitness, how does that fit in to the overall mental health picture? It's a bit like uh, physical fitness. So if you think that you want to be physically fit, you need to be disciplined. You need to put the exercise, even though it's tough going. So mental fitness is just practicing being present and identifying the inner judge and the inner critic every time it comes out. And then consciously, when you say that, oh, that's the voice, like what I did this morning, consciously catching out that voice and realizing that voice is not helping me and consciously making a choice of how you want to react or how you want to think with that awareness. So I tell my clients, it's that awareness that you know you have this inner critic in you and then realizing that you have the choice. You don't have to be overwhelmed and, and follow what your inner critic says. You can choose. So is this part when you feel that you have the freedom to choose, that's the, the building of the fitness because we all feel that, oh, you know, I don't have a choice. It's, it's very common for everyone to say, I don't have a choice. The fact that you say you don't have a choice, you're making a choice. So it's realizing that and it's a discipline. So it's an exercise. Every time thought comes out that you think is holding you back, question it. When you keep doing it, it becomes more and more natural. So you don't end up having an inner dialogue in your head all the time. It, but before that, it is very intentional. You have to be very conscious of this. So I coach my clients to, to think this way, to ask themselves questions until it becomes more of a routine. That inner voice, that inner dialogue, that can be so paralyzing for many, right? Yes. And for believers, we, we pray, right? And then a mm. lot of times we pray, we say, God, I surrender all to you. Then right after that prayer, you take it back. <laughs> so again, the, the, the critic is saying, oh, God is not big enough to handle this. You've got to handle this yourself, Jenny. And, and it's just pausing there and reflecting. I've already prayed about it. I am going to let go and really committing to that. I think for us, it's never that easy. Mm. And I believe strongly that once you're aware of it, you don't go back to your old ways because you're aware of it and you know that you can make changes. So I've worked with people for the last 20 plus years who are in recovery. And the one thing I like to tell them is you make a habit out of something for 21 days, you're going to start changing that old habit and making a better habit. And sometimes it's, it's not practice makes perfect, but we can learn everything from a book or they can take a lot from your coaching, but if they don't actually put it in practice, mm. We're just gaining head knowledge. 
Yes, I do give my clients exercises and, and reflection points and things like that. But at the end of the day, the next session when they meet me, I ask them what went well, what didn't go well. It's not to punish them if it didn't go well. It's just to take stock. Okay, on those times when things didn't go well, what happened? common themes come up it's like oh Jenny I had a very long day I didn't take care of myself you know I was running from one place to another and, and you realize it's just this basic thing of slowing down and, and finding time to take care of yourself and Sean I do have to add I can't remember where I read this from but now there's new research to say that it's not 21 days it's actually 60 days <laughs> for a yes. habit to form so I yeah. think for us empathy Right, So mm-hmm. if you're saying, oh, come 21 days, it's still not a habit for me. That's being harsh on yourself. That's your inner critic saying it. So if you practice empathy on yourself, hey, if I look at this 21 days ago, I was at point A. Now I'm like point B. I'm not at point Z yet, but I'm point B, right? So it's still an improvement. Yeah, exactly. God is telling us it's not a sprint. Our life is a marathon. So we've got to practice for the marathon, not just a sprint to get from A to B or A to Z. We're going to have many lessons along the way. Yes. And uh, for, for introverts, if you're thinking about marathon, sometimes you want to run the race yourself, right? Yeah. So it's a good reminder also to take stock of who our, our supporters, you know, the people at the sidelines giving us water, tech, uh, cheering us on. So we do have that. Introverts have this skill of really cultivating deep one-to-one relationships. But a lot of times we're not aware that we're too much in ourselves and that we don't spend time nurturing those relationships. So it's also to, to shift that a bit and say, who are my supporters and have I been there? for them as well. What you talked about earlier about hearing God's voice of he wanted you to leave a career. I heard his voice too telling me to move to another city and I pushed back. I really don't think you want me to do that. No. We as introverts, sometimes we're hearing God's voice, but we just like to turn down that hearing aid and say, now that really was for somebody else, not us. Yeah, because I, I think it's also the comfort zone. So like Sean, for example, you've been living in this city, you have to move to another city. It's like uprooting everything, right? So it's like, God, you know, I'm very comfortable here. It took me this long to get comfortable. Why do you want to uproot me? So similarly, in my career, I'm very comfortable. So why now this is still a new area for me and I'm still trying to grow it and it's still learning every day. But I must admit, it's a lot more exciting when you step outside the comfort zone. And when you're comfortable in the new space, that's your new comfort zone. And you find yourself pushing yourself out of that comfort zone as well. Before we did this conversation, I had a conversation with somebody about the ministry I am in. I work with men and women who've been incarcerated and have committed sexualized crimes. And people are like, how do you do that? Don't ask me, it was God. Because sometimes he takes us to an area that he knows we have the empathy for, or we have the gifting for, we just don't see it. And maybe that's a a trait that you see in some of your clients that they're still in that tug of war of really, can I do this? And God saying, yes, let's go. Do you find that with your clients? Yeah, it's, I take them to discover what their core values are. I mean, it's mm. uh, for believers, of course, to, to um, help them discover what's God's plan for them. For non-believers, it's also to discover what they think their higher purpose is. I mean, a lot of times, even for people not having a particular religion, they still believe they're part of a bigger picture because it's quite sad if you think that, except for a narcissist, but it's quite sad for someone to think that this is all about me, <laughs> you know, there's nothing else. So everyone believes there's a higher purpose. So I get my clients to reconnect with what that higher purpose is in their lives and when they crystallize it and they make it very clear once they see it out there it's very hard to say I don't want to do it anymore because you've crystallized it a lot of times it's just in your head it's all fuzzy when you are 
forced to tell someone about it, articulate it, visualize it, picture how it would look like tangibly, you can't mm-hmm. run away from it anymore. That's right. Jenny Cho is our guest. And we're coming up to our last four or five minutes here of the show. I like how you say it in your bio says helping your clients achieve a highest level of success with sustained happiness. People sometimes think we can't have both together, but we, we actually can because God is the one who's driving on both our happiness and our success. He's helping us, but we just have to see he's there. Yes, amen, Sean. And then I I also tell my clients, what is success to you? A lot of times we're influenced by success, right? Mm. And uh, we look at someone that's a successful person and I'm nowhere near that person. So it means I'm not successful. So no, think about what's your definition of success. And, And it can be very simple terms. If your definition of success is I'm there to put my daughters with their bedtime routine, get them ready in bed, that's a successful day. And it's simple, it's simple things like that. And as for happiness, a lot of people say that it's not an end goal. It's actually just the process, uh, being present again, really appreciating mm. what you have. And even in struggles, knowing that God is with you. I mean, you're not laughing when you're suffering, but at least you know that I am not alone. He is holding me through all this. So you and I both know there's probably a number of introverts listening to us talk last night and say, those two aren't introverts, but we're not all the same mold as introverts. Let's say this last couple of minutes, be, be that encourager. How would you encourage that introvert to say, yeah, maybe it's your day to take that step. How would you encourage somebody who's, who's on that precipice of taking that first step? I agree with you, Sean. I mean, we are not boxed in, right? So we say we are introverts, but we do have some extroverted traits. And introverts are very passionate when they connect with their purpose. So for that one introverted listener out there, if you have a particular seed that's been planted in you that you want to do, but you are holding yourself back, ask yourself, if I keep holding myself back, who's losing out on this? Yeah. If I keep feeling that this is not good enough, I'm not ready, who are you depriving this benefit from? Yeah, whether it's, it's writing a book, going for that job, making an impact, who's losing out the longer you hold yourself back? Now, you talked earlier about making a big decision, which is leaving a career and going, no, God, don't want to do this. Looking back, could you imagine making another choice and just continue not listening to God? I'm hearing somebody who's very passionate about what she does. I don't think you would ever go back and turn back the clock. No, I wouldn't. And actually, I had regrets. Why didn't I you know, started that calling at 2015? And it's an area of growth for me as well. I don't think it's an accident it took that long because in the beginning, I was thinking, oh, I've wasted like four or five years, right, waiting. I know now that God needed me to grow in that five years until I feel this convicted, this ready. So again, practicing empathy on yourself. And, and yes, to answer your question, Sean, that there is no turning back. It's only forward. Now I'm thinking, what else can I do to reach people and tell them that you don't have to be trapped in your own mind. There is freedom in God for you to live the life that he's intended you to live. Beautiful. Now, as we're ending, I just want to encourage, we live in a world where we can instantaneously connect with people all around the world. If anyone's looking to find out more information about you, Jenny, how would they do that? Oh, they can visit my website at riverlifecoaching.com and they can also connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook, either under Jenny Toh, T-O-H, or River Life Coaching. And I, I know that you guys will put it on your show notes as well so nobody can get lost. 
Exactly. We always want to make sure people can connect. Jenny, this has been an absolute pleasure for me to have this conversation with you. I just want to, from the bottom of our heart, say thank you. Thank you to my fellow introvert for allowing her extroverted side to come out. And I pray help others find their passion and find what God has for them. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Sean. Thank you again to Jenny Toe for joining us here on Refuge Freedom Stories. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you for another episode. Tune in again next week where we'll talk to another great guest about how God is changing their lives. Blessings to you all, and thank you for tuning in. I am not who I once was Defined by all the things I've done Afraid my shame would be exposed Afraid of really being known But then you gave my heart a home So I walked out of the darkness you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, 
release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.